you wave if you're feeling alive and well and everything else this morning? Good. Good to see you. Let's just pray before we, before we start. Father, we thank you that we can be here in your presence this morning. We thank you for great worship that leads us to your heart. We thank you for the encouragement from Josh that we need to just break in because no other name is worthy. No other name will, um, will change circumstances. Thank you for the encouragement you've given us already this morning. Now pray, Father, that my words would be your words, that you would just pierce our hearts, change our lives, that we'd go out of here stronger than we came in, God, and that we'd be more equipped to serving you in this house. Amen. Amen. So um, as uh, Christine mentioned, Phil and Christian aren't with us this morning, but as you can imagine, they've left us with very clear guidelines um, of what we need uh, to do this morning. And we're continuing with our, um, our year of strengthening series. So one of the things that you will remember that in b- the beginning of the year, <clears throat> we all had these cards. Do you remember those? Yeah. yeah. Year of strengthening. And on the other side of that card, it says in Isaiah 54 and verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You will remember, hopefully, that back in January, when Christian launched this as our year of strengthening, one of the things that Christian said to us was that we will determine this year that we will not go round the same mountain. That we will determine this year that we will come out stronger. That we will determine this year that things will be different. And so one of the things Phil said to me was, can you just pick up on that? How many of you know that when you're in business or when you're at school, if you don't monitor things, if you don't just keep reviewing things every now and again, things can slip. You don't always know, am I doing well or aren't I? So this morning, I want to ask us a question, not out of condemnation, but to encourage us and help us this morning. I want to ask us the question, do I feel stronger in our year of strengthening? Do I feel stronger? We're already nearly into May. And so we're nearly halfway through, guys. And I don't want to wait to get to December to say, am I stronger? Am I doing better? Do I feel that this has been a year of strengthening? Because God gave us that word for a reason at the beginning of the year. Because he wanted every single person in Arena Church, and those of you who, who are with us this morning, he wants us to come out of 2014 stronger than we went in. Do we all say amen to that? So I was just looking at this whole thought of setting resolutions and looking at what we do back in January. And I looked up some facts on the internet. And it says that millions of people every year make New Year's resolutions. 80% fail. 80% fail. And most of those people who make New Year's resolutions, the, the most popular ones being, I want to get out of debt, I want to get healthy, I want to get fit. Um, I want to quit smoking, I want to uh, uh, have be- better relationships. Most of those, by the 9th, the 9th of January, not February, by the 9th of January, have failed. Six out of ten people put the same things on their New Year's resolutions year- list every year. Six out of ten people, those same things keep occurring again and again and again. We are not going round this mountain any longer. This year, 
What is going to make the difference for us to say, that isn't going to be on my New Year's resolution next year because actually I know that I've already started on that journey. That thing that's probably been with me for many, many years this morning. Don't switch off and think, I've heard it all before. I've had this same issue for year after year after year. Don't just switch off because I believe this morning, as Josh has already encouraged us, chains can be broken. Things can change. Something in your heart can just be stirred to say, now is the time. This is our year of strengthening. Amen? So, what is the thing that is going to change us as a group of people in Arena Church that 80% of the UK population fail when making um, their, their resolutions. What will make it different for us this morning? And I just want to unpack some things that I really feel God has laid on my heart to encourage us this morning with what will make a difference. If you want a sermon title this morning, and it was just this one line that I want us just to get hold of and leave with, if, you, if you're writing notes, I will come out of this year stronger. Just nudge the person next to you and say, I will come out of this year stronger. In 1 Samuel, in 1 Samuel in chapter 1, I want to talk about a lady called Hannah. And just some things that I think will really help us. Now Hannah, uh, for those of you that, that don't know, was desperate to have a son. She had a husband called Elkanah, and Elkanah at that time, which was quite typical in, the, in that day, uh, back in, in, in the, the time of, uh, when Samuel was written, he had two wives. You know, you'd think one would be enough for most men, wouldn't you? But he had two wives. Hannah was one, and the other one was Penina. Not Panini, for those of you that are feeling hungry, Panina. So Panina had several sons and several daughters, but Hannah had no son and no daughter. Now, what was the custom back at that time? Every year, they went up to Shiloh to bring a sacrifice. And year after year, they would bring their sacrifices. And when they brought their sacrifices, there was Elkanah, there was Panina, and there was the sons and daughters, and they all were given a portion um, of meat to bring as a sacrifice. So Elkanah is handing out the portions of meat. And of course, Panina gets hers and her sons and her daughters. And Hannah just gets this one little portion because it's just her. No sons, no daughters, just her. Now, just to rub it in a little bit more, Panina used to like to goad Hannah. You know, you haven't got a child. You haven't got a son. It's been like this year after year after year. Until this one year, there was something different about this year for Hannah. She'd gone through this many, many times. She'd been goaded. She'd been told she wasn't good enough. She'd been told she'll never have a son. You'll never be as good as me. She'd been told all of that stuff, and it had gone in year after year after year, and nothing had changed in the previous years. But this one year, it all changed. And Hannah, in 1 Samuel 1 and verse 11 She sort of said, enough is enough this time. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And she kept on praying to the Lord. 
Eli, who was the priest at the time, observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. And he said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my anguish and out of my grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on her way. She ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Hannah decided that this year is going to change. This year, the goading's there. The situation's still the same. But this year, I'm going to trust God. This year, I'm going to say to God, God, can this year be different? Can this time, you change this situation? I I can't do it, and I know that you can. And this year, I'm believing you. So, she got up from praying. She got up from moving her mouth, a, a deep anguish, a deep sorrow. And when she got up, she was no longer downcast. When she got up, she knew that God had heard her prayer. When she got up, she knew that things were going to be different because God had listened to her call. God had listened to her cry. So she didn't get up and run to the phone. She went to the throne and trusted that this time it was different. She didn't go and say to Panina, well, I'm still barren. I've still got no child. Because actually, when she got up and was no longer downcast, nothing physically had changed. But spiritually, everything had changed. Because she'd given it to God. In due course, of course, uh, Hannah became pregnant. She named her son Samuel. Because it said, I have asked the Lord. That's what the word meant. What are you asking for this morning? What are you asking God for this morning? Those things that have perhaps been on your New Year's resolution year after year. Those things that actually I don't feel I am stronger. That relationship, that business, that health issue. That fitness, you know, one of the things on, and I have to preach this to myself, one of the things that's been on my list year after year is I want to be a better cook. I want to bake more. I want to, you know, I love, my, my mom and, and, you know, when you've got two mums like I've got, I mean, you know, I have something to live up to. And so Jordan's introduced me to all these Mary Berry programs and, you know, Saturday morning kitchen live and I'm getting all these recipes together. And, and now I've got Nathan and I mean, it's unusual for me to have a man in the house who cooks. Now Nathan cooks and he's coming out with all these lovely meals as well, which is wonderful. And so it's on my list. And I thought, No more is that going to be on my list. I am going to come out of this year. I'm going to be better at baking and better at cooking. And all my family are saying amen to that one. That's a great one. (laughs) That's just a simple thing. But guys, there's bigger things in our lives. You know, I've had some of my very close friends who've said to me, this year it's going to be different. This year in my year of strengthening, I am going to get healthy. 
I am going to get fit. I am not going to have that issue with food anymore. I'm not going to have that issue with debt anymore. I'm going to get on a budget. I'm going to get on a plan. And I am going to stick to it because this year is going to be different. So God wants to ask us this morning, what are we seeing that we need to become stronger in? And are we stronger? Do we feel stronger? Hannah made an agreement with God that actually when, if God gave her this son, she would give him back to God. You know, perhaps God knew that if he'd have given Hannah Samuel many, many years ago, that actually she would have been spoiled, this little boy. Perhaps it wasn't the right time. You know, perhaps if she'd have given Samuel uh, to her many, many years previously, Hannah wouldn't have learned to rely on God like she did at that point. Sometimes it's just a case of it isn't the right season and trusting God that I know the answer is on its way, but perhaps just not now. I'm going to see the breakthrough in that promotion because actually there's things in me, God, you're still working through. Hannah knew that when the time was right, that God would provide the answer. I will come out of this year stronger. Amen. In Samuel in chapter 2, 1 Samuel in chapter 2, it goes on to say, it's sort of like a, a victory prayer. You know, probably it'd be a bit of a victory rap in this day and age, you know. She, she sort of came out and sort of did this prayer because she was pregnant and God had heard her prayer. And, and she's saying, oh, God, you're great. God, you're wonderful. God, you've done it. Thank you. You know, I'm going to trust you all my days. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do all these things. But one of the things it says in Samuel in 2 and verse 9 No one, this is Hannah's prayer, no one will succeed by strength alone. No one will succeed by strength alone. In our year of strengthening, let us never think that just by our own strength will I succeed. You know, how many of you can get like quite proficient at things, you know, you've done a job for a long time and actually you can just go through the motions and, and, and some of you are, are very good at, at what you do and, and, and that's great. But, but sometimes when we get proficient, when we get good, we can actually think, I don't need God to help me to keep enlarging my borders, to keep pushing me on because actually I'm okay as I am. We, we stop realizing the need to keep doing, as Jabed says, enlarge my borders. You know, God doesn't want us to stand still. God wants us to keep getting bigger and bolder and confident and our areas of influence to keep growing because of him in us. And God puts us some, often in situations that do say, God, I need you. God, I need you to come through in this situation because we can actually think, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing Okay. And God never wants us to be like that, does he? He always wants us to know that without God, we're not going to get through. And sometimes we also try and do things in our own strength in that we push and shove and manipulate. We had a word at Mansfield a few weeks ago about God saying, um, don't push, don't shove, don't manipulate, but lean, lean on me, trust me knowing that I am with you. We, we can try and sort of think at work, you know, you're looking for that promotion, you're looking for that job, and, and, and by 
bad-mouthing perhaps a colleague who's in for, for the promotion, you know, that'll probably make me look good, you know. I've seen them do something wrong, and I'm going to make sure my boss knows about it, so he'll think I'm the good one. We can try and manipulate. We, we can be waiting for God to give us the right partner, the right relationship, the right husband, the right wife, and then we can start looking in all the wrong places, which is what happened to me. As a 17-year-old girl, knowing that, you know, a lot of my friends were, were sort of dating and going out and in our little church, they, they, to be honest, they weren't any decent good. They weren't any decent lads at all. I mean, come on, they're not, not even one. You know, one would be good. I mean, I look around at all that. We're blessed with good-looking men and women in this church, aren't we? And we're single. I think, oh, you know, if I was 17 now, I'd be okay. You know, we've got some great uh, good-looking guys here. But, but back then, there wasn't anybody. And, and instead of me trusting God, and, and I manipulated, and I started going out. I started thinking, you know, it's, I'm getting to that age. I don't want to be left on the shelf. I was 18 at the time. I mean, for goodness sake, you know, people don't get married till they're 30 these days, do they? It's a lot older. But, but then, 18, you know, and I started looking in all the wrong places. And it took me down a path that led me marrying a guy who, who was abusive and who used to hit me and, and, and end up having an affair. And it just went horrible. It wasn't Chris, by the way. For those of you that don't know this story, <sighs> love you, darling. Um, you know, it took me down the wrong path because I just didn't trust God. I just didn't bring it to God. I thought I could do it. You know, I can find somebody. And it took me down a wrong path. I want to stress the importance this morning of bringing everything to God, whether you're doing good or whether you're not. For those of you that aren't feeling strong, I want you to leave this morning feeling stronger, feeling inspired. You know, like when you see all the athletes on the Olympics and they're all doing stuff and, you know, you want to get up, don't you? You think you can run half marathon? Well, perhaps you don't, but, you know, you sort of see all these people doing great things, don't you? And you think, come on. Chris and, and Jordan are looking at doing this thing, and Josh, I believe, uh, later in the year. It's sort of like Tough Mudder, for those of you that know, but it's not that one. It's like a team event, you know, 10 people, and you've got to do a 10K thing, and you've all got to get across the line together. And he's saying, come on, darling, you do it with you. No, because there's Jared in it, there's Chris in it, there's Jared. there'll be me at end, you know, trying to catch up with them. I'm not doing it, but I will try and get fitter because I've determined I'm going to be fitter at 50 and I am going to try to make sure that next year I'm not saying I need to be fitter at 50. I want to make sure that this year I start doing what I'm committing to doing with God's help. In the New Testament, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, it says that, Jesus was leaving a command with his disciples. And one of the last things that Jesus said after he'd risen from the dead, one of the things he said to them was, do not leave this place until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Do not leave this place until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And when you do, you will receive power. You see, I think the trouble with many of us is we leave in the morning. We go off to work. We go off about our day and we forget to take that power with us. We can come into church and as Josh mentioned, we can stand with our arms by our side instead of lifting our arms and our hands up and saying, 
God, I'm not going to leave this place until I've received your strength, your power, your help. Because I know I can't go out into that world in my own strength. What makes us book the trend so that 80% of us don't fail this year by having that power, that strength that Jesus told his disciples they needed? You know, these guys had been around Jesus every day. If they needed the Holy Spirit, then surely we do. You know, and I'm not talking about those who shabba do and all of that, but I am talking about coming to God every day and in our lives saying, God, I need you. You know, even in the simple things, me with my baking, God, <laughs> let me be like Mary Berry. Well, that's probably not going to happen, but let, let me not kill my family when I bake. You know, let, let it be nice, you know. Nathan gets excited about food. I love men who get excited about food. I'll do a chocolate cake. And he gets excited. I'm like, yeah, come on. I want more of that. But that's just a simple thing. What bigger things are we seeing in our lives? I'm not trying to trivialize some of the things that we're going through. Those, that lost relationship, that debt. You know, it's never too late. It's never too late. This morning could be the morning where you say enough is enough, like Hannah did. It's happened year after year after year, but this morning, this morning, it's going to change. I will come out of this year stronger. Do not leave this place this morning without saying enough is enough. God's people, the first people in the Bible back in Genesis, you know, God's people at that time, they weren't called the Jews and they weren't called the children of Israel. What they were known as as in Genesis in chapter 4 was those who called on the name of the Lord. I want to be somebody who's known as that. You know, I want to be known as somebody who calls on God, knowing that actually when I call on God, he hears my prayer. And even if I don't see an answer straight away, I know it's on its way because I've prayed. Those who call on the name of the Lord. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3 says, call on me and I will answer. It doesn't say I may answer. If I feel like it, I will answer if you call on me. Charles Spurgeon once remarked, the best style of prayer is that which cannot be called anything else but a cry. What are you crying out to God for this morning? After Moses came down Mount Sinai, calling on God became an earmark of his people. So, so they became the earmark of the people of that time. And when they called on God, they saw great success. But for those of you who've read the story of Moses, you will also know that actually when they didn't call on God, they failed. God didn't guarantee any success if they didn't call on him. But God guaranteed for them success if they did call on him. In Psalm 14 and verse 4, it's, it defines wicked people as those who do not call on the name of the Lord. Those who think they can just get through without God's help, who don't call on him. The main thing God is asking for us, from us this morning is, come to me. I don't want you to live this life on your own. I'm here because I want a relationship with you. I'm here because I know you can't get through on your own. That's why 80% of people fail because they haven't got God in their lives. The reason Arena Church, we can be different and we can book the chain is because we've got God with us. Come on, that deserves some praise this morning. 
Call upon me in your day of trouble and I will answer and I will deliver you in Psalm 50. And just in in closing, you know, sometimes we can get a bit cocky, can't we? When things are going okay, I had a friend who used to say to me, things are going so well, I'm just waiting for the bubble to burst. (laughs) We, We should never live like that. Please don't ever live like that. If things are going great, wonderful. That's wonderful. But don't ever get cocky in when things are going great because actually God humbles those who are proud. May we live every day, every day, knowing that God, I'm going to be stronger because of you, not because of me. All these areas that I'm struggling with, God, I bring them all and I lay them like Hannah did at your feet. And enough is enough. This year it's going to change. How do I know personally that God hears our cry? Because I've read you many stories from the Bible. How do I know personally? That guy I was telling you about earlier, the one that, like an idiot, I went away from God and got into a bad relationship. The night that I found out he'd had an affair, I laid in my bed and I sobbed. And I remember saying, I'd been away from God for many, many, many years. I remember laying there and saying, God, if you were real, I didn't even know whether God was real at that time. God, if you were real, hear my cry and save me from this. God heard my cry. Then several months later, I found myself in a church on a Sunday night, following on from the unraveling of my divorce. And I'm stood there in a bright silver dress because I was going out after I was on, sort of where Eddie sat, just there. I was on the row there. And I remember saying again, that prayer, God, if you were here, if this church is for real, because I I felt something, there's something here. These people have got something. Let that man who was John Hibbert, many of you will know him, may John Hibbert come off the front of the church and may he come down and may he come and just say hello to me. And at the time I'd finished my prayer, I'd got my eyes shut and I looked up and John Hibbert was reaching out, holding my hand. God hears our cry. And then moving on six months, the last personal story I want to share with you because there's so many I could give. Now I'm with Chris and uh, um, we... uh, we're living, we were at Bosworth Street Church, we were serving God, we were both involved in youth. And uh, one night, I put myself in a very stupid situation with Chris and ended up getting pregnant. So, I'm only been divorced six months, I'm now pregnant, and I don't know what to do. And I am there. Now, um, a lot of, one of my friends had recently had an abortion. And I remember crying out to God. I didn't talk to anybody other than Chris. What do I do? I'd already said I wouldn't get married again because of the hurt. For those of you who've been divorced, I'm not going to get married for a long time because I was so hurt. And I remember just crying out to God and saying, God, show me what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm in a mess. I've just come out of one divorce. What do I do? And I went to see the doctor and uh, talk about my options. 
And the doctor at that time, when I started talking to him and, and I'm telling him, and I finished with this sentence. I said, the reason I'm in such difficulty about all of this is because I'm a Christian. And, and what do I do? And the doctor stopped in his tracks and he said, I'm a Christian also. You need to see this baby to come through, to do the right thing. You don't need to look at any other option because you will regret it. He gave me advice in that moment that I knew it was a, it was a God moment. Joshua would not be here this morning if I hadn't have cried out to God because God heard my cry. I did ask Josh if I could share that story because obviously it's very sensitive. So for us this morning, in, in finishing, if the band could just come up, please. We're going to sing this song, Call Upon the Name of the Lord and Be Saved and Be Healed and Be Helped. Kev says, can, can we add Call Upon the Name of the Lord and Be Rich, you know, and add that one, <laughs> that one as well. <laughs> We're rich in God, aren't we? We're not poor this morning. We're rich in God. We want to give opportunity to do like Hannah did. We want to give you opportunity this morning to come and stand across this altar this morning. Hannah just stood there in her anguish, in her hurt, in her deep, in her deep sorrow and said, God, this year enough is enough. It's going to change. This year, God... You are going to hear my cry. This year, God, I'm not going to try and manipulate. I'm not going to push. I'm not going to shove. This year, God, you are going to change this situation. This year, God, I'm going to trust you. And I'm, going to, I'm not going to take it back. I'm going to get up from this morning. I'm not going to be downcast. I'm going to trust you. So as the band just lead us in this very simple refrain, call upon the name of the Lord and be healed and be saved and be rich. Whatever you need from God this morning, we want you just to come and stand along the front and some of the guys are going to just come and lay hands on with you. They don't need to know. As Eli didn't need to know what Hannah was praying, Eli just said, go in peace because God is with you. Our guys are just going to come encourage you. They're going to stand with you. Just lay hands on you and say, go in peace. God.